0: You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.mbcocala.com. By having girded your waist with truth, put in on the belt of truth, and you can stand by having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Let's talk about the breastplate here just for a moment. Let me show you a picture of a guy fully, fully armored. And... Uh, He's wearing the full armor of God, as we see in scripture. The cape is optional. Actually, it's seasonal. It's fall and it's very tasty uh, to, to wear the, uh, the cape here. And uh, the breastplate, if you'll notice that, he looks all cut and chiseled. Now, and I'm, I'm used to that look. And um, <laughs> you're laughing at. All right. Uh, and it may or may not be that way. It's embellished a little bit and, and different armies would do things in different ways because the whole thing was about bravado and intimidation and so forth. Well, the point is there's the breastplate and covering it. And very importantly, the last thing put on is that belt of truth, which kind of holds it together. And we talked about that last week, but I just wanted to get kind of a visual on that. It's made of iron or bronze and it's scaled and layered armor built in four sections, covers each shoulder and the sides of the chest. Uh, also has some back covering. The plates were sewn to a stiff leather vest that you would put on much like you would put on a jacket. And then there are further plates that are uh, tied on with leather straps. And the, the breastplate of righteousness is of greatest importance when you're engaged in hand-to-hand combat. And you need to know, church, listen to me, you need to know that you are engaged in hand-to-hand combat. It's that day-to-day, situation by situation, challenge by challenge, temptation by temptation, you are involved and engaged in hand-to-hand combat. The breastplate of righteousness, it's its not literal. It's, it's symbolic. It's figurative. It's to for us to see something that we're going to look at here this morning, righteousness, how it would protect you. And so it does protect you, and it protects your vital organs. Uh, it would be... Our modern-day equivalent would be the bulletproof vest, you know, so that you're protected. You're protected in this very vital, vulnerable area where your vital organs are. Without the breastplate of righteousness, any attack could be fatal. And and if you're in full-blown battle and especially up-close hand-to-hand combat, um, your chances of survival are very, very slim without... The breastplate of righteousness. However, with it, and this is a wonderful thing. This, this is a, uh, will let you see the worth of this. Without it, you're in trouble. Without it, you probably would not make it off the battlefield. With it, the very same attacks and blows that would take you out now glance off of you. I love that. That glance off of you and, and essentially are Ineffective. And yes, it comes against you, but you are able to withstand it because of the breastplate of righteousness. Can I get something out of anybody here this morning? All right. My recommendation for you next week is get here about 10 minutes early and go through the cafe. Okay, good. Now, speaking of the breastplate of righteousness, we've kind of identified the breastplate. And now I want to talk about righteousness, righteousness. And I'm not going to write all of this out right here, but let this just stand for righteousness. There are several kinds of righteousness. And the first one is self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. This is your own righteousness. These are your own efforts. Ultimately, righteousness has to do with being in right standing with God. And here's, here's the truth. You can do your absolute best. And you can never get yourself in that position to be in right standing with God. You cannot earn this. You cannot work for this. You can't pay this off and somehow you, you can't be so good that this would happen. You and I do not have the capacity to walk this whole thing out. I remember like my second grade teacher said, is it possible for you to behave for five minutes? think so. And I want to ask you, is it possible for you to behave all week? No. So if we're counting on our own self righteousness, our perfect performance to be in right stand with God, it's not going to happen because self-righteousness is an endeavor to be in right stand with God apart from the work of Jesus. And that's not going to happen. He's the way he's the truth. He's the life we, we cannot in our own effort by our own works. We cannot do this apart from the work of Jesus in Isaiah 64, <clears throat> excuse me, Isaiah 64, verse six, it says, but we are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. How many of you know, a filthy rag is not going to protect you in hand to hand combat. In uh, the message, Bible says our best efforts are grease-stained rags. So, self-righteousness is not going to do it. So, the second kind of righteousness is called imputed. Imputed. Now, we're going to get into a little bit of theology and doctrine here this morning, so that we can understand this better. Imputed. Everybody say imputed. It means this: to ascribe to, to assign to count as, to credit to. Uh, It's a vicarious kind of thing that happens. It is apart from works. Uh, Let me put it to you this way. It's something that you could not earn. Let, Let me describe it this way. If you had to have, in order to be right with God, you had to have in a bank account a bazillion dollars. That's our national debt. (laughs) I joke. You had to have a bazillion dollars in order to be right with God. There is no way that you're going to be able to beg, borrow, steal, earn, work. You're not going to be able to have a bazillion dollars. There's no way. But what happens is God imputes. He credits your account. He puts... He transfers a bazillion dollars into your account. You, my friends, are bazillionaires. Okay. Now, now do not pollute this message with any talk of money. Okay. It has nothing to do with that. I'm using that as an illustration because these are accounting terms. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Righteousness. It was credited to his account that he was righteous. And you read the whole life of Abraham. You know, we talk about Abraham, man of faith and righteous, all that. Read the whole story. The guy messed a bunch of stuff up. Okay. But what God did through the work of Jesus is he imputed. He credited, transferred into your account what it took for you to be able to be in right stand with God. It's actually the righteousness of God. It was His. And he transferred it over into your account in Romans 3:22. It says, "Even the righteousness of God is possessed, belonging to Him through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. And so what happens is, by believing in the work of Jesus, not trying to circumvent and do my own work, because I could never. Come up with a bazillion. Y'all hear? I could never do that. But by believing that God is who he said he is. And believing that Jesus did what Jesus did. Then by believing God gives us the righteousness of God. Belonging to God. It comes over into our life. It's credited to us. Scripture is so full of this. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Here's another example. For he, God, made him Jesus... Who knew no sin to be made sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Uh, I call it the great, the, the great swap. Martin Luther called it the great exchange. And what happens here is we were sin. Okay, so look at our account. Our account, we are bankrupt. And he took us. And he who was righteous swapped accounts, so to speak. And so we took what was in our account bankrupt. He became sin for us that we might become the righteous. We might become and go with the illustration, a bazillionaire. He became sin. He exchanged that. And then he's the only one who could do this. He then went back, defeated death, hell in the grave In a total righteous fashion and he is not in any kind of sin debt. He put away sin. He paid off the debt and he returns as the righteous judge. Win-win. Win-win-win-win. And so this is imputed to us. The result of it is we're in right standing with God. Imputed righteousness is like a gift or a grant. And it's put into your keeping. It's put into your account. And now you're expected to invest it and to use it so that there is profit. The third kind of righteousness, y'all still here? The third kind is imparted. Imparted. Everybody say imparted. Now stay with me here because we have to connect all this together. Imparted on first glance looks to be the same as imputed. It's something that's passed on, something that is put in, something that is given. Let's let's think about imputed here for a moment. Because of imputed righteousness, because of what he did there, because of that, we have access and confidence into his presence. Yes. Okay. In order for you to come into the bazillionaire room, you have to be a bazillionaire. You with me? Amen. And we have entrance in there not because we earned it. But we got a free ticket. He transferred in... you all with me? Yeah. He transferred this into our account so that we are righteous. We're in right standing with God. And because of that, we have entrance. We can just come in with boldness and confidence. Now, we're in his presence because of imputed righteousness. And now, because of imparted righteousness, we have the access by imputed righteousness... We're now in his presence and now he imparts to us his truth and the power of the indwelling spirit to help us to do something. And that is this. You ready for this? To live right. To live right. I know how old fashioned for a preacher to tell you, live right. (laughs) I'm going to tell you the next move of God. You ready for this? This is the next move of God. Here it is. That Christians will actually start acting like Christians. And the world will know and the power of God will be seen. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. And I want to be in that number. We're going to be in that number. All right. So let's go through this again. Can't earn it. Can't do it. Well, there's no way. Can you behave for the next five minutes? No. So he imputes to us, gives us access into his presence. And in his presence, he gives us the light of his truth. He gives us the strength of his character. And he gives us the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. That as we'll cooperate with him, will help us. Here it is again. To live right. To live right. Let's take it a little bit further. Righteousness actually means the character or quality of being just and being right. It's not just right standing, but it is also right action. Right action. Now, in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14, in the New English Bible, it renders it this way. For coat of mail, this is instead of the breastplate of righteousness. It says for coat of mail, and that, that has to do with the armor protecting, for coat of mail put on... Integrity. In the Amplified Bible, it says the breastplate of integrity and moral rectitude. Do you know what rectitude is? Moral rectitude, righteous conduct. And so what we're putting on that's going to protect us is not just I'm in right standing with God, but we're actually putting on the breastplate of integrity, of moral rectitude, of righteous conduct or behavior, as well as the right standing with God. So let's look at this word integrity. Say integrity real quick. I heard this a few years ago. I forget where I even heard it, but I've adopted this as, I think, a wonderful working definition of integrity. Here we go. When you have integrity, you do what is right. You do it because it's right. And you do it right. That's what integrity is. You do what is right. You do it because it's right. And you do it right. And then in parentheses, let me just add this, no matter who's watching or not, Amen. he's watching. That's right. He knows, you know, did you know that when they made the statue of Liberty, uh, that was before helicopters, Amen. but did you know that they finished out with complete detail on the top around the whole head piece and everything complete detail, just totally finished out up there. You know what that speaks to me? Integrity. Well, nobody's ever going to see this. No integrity. Let's do a complete good work. You do what is right. You do it because it's right. And you do it right. Well, in the day that we live, everybody's a free thinker. Everybody, everybody's out of the closet. And you know, there's no good guys, no bad guys, and there's this and there's that, and don't dare say this and don't dare do this and all those things. And so now everybody's just free thinking and free speaking. And so the question has to come up. We're talking about integrity is to do what is right, do it because it's right and do it right. Then the question is, well, who's right? And who's to say what is right? Well, I'll tell you this, die. And in just a little bit, you'll know who was right. Okay. But in the meantime, if you are a believer saved by the blood of Jesus, you better have this settled. God is right. God is right. If God is right, then God's word is right. Let's, let's look at this, put it in perspective. God is the final standard of what is right. And this will give you good perspective. He's the creator. You're just the creature. And that's one of the reasons why this whole evolution garbage, it gets crammed down your throat. Because if we can take a creator out of the way, then we don't have to answer to anybody. Yeah, that's right. I just kind of evolved from the goo to the zoo to you. <laughs> I have no boss. And see, you you have to be be careful of that. Uh, and, And let me give you a clue as to creation. Wherever you see design, there is a designer. Just take a walk around. Look at some stuff. You will see design. There is a designer. You want to know who's right? You want to know who's real? Like I said again, just wait till you die. You're going to know real, real quick. You know who's right. God is right. I said God is right. And his word is right. Isaiah forty-five nineteen, he says, I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare the things that are right. In Deuteronomy 32, 4, it says, all his ways are righteous. Right and upright is he. And again, if he's right, then his word is right. Psalm 33, verse 4, it says, for the word of the Lord is, help me. Right. The word of the Lord is right and all his work is done in truth. In Psalm 19, verse 7 through 11, a beautiful passage of scripture. And all these terms, law, statutes, commandments, and so forth, it all has to do with his word. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward." And then in Psalm 18, verse 30, it says, for as, as for God, his way is, is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. So what is right? Who is right? God is right. God's ways are right. God's word is right. And if you're a believer, stop patty-caking around with the world and get this settled in your heart. God is right. God is right. You better have a biblical worldview that God is right and God's word is right. Amen. Otherwise, you're going to get sucked into the swirl of the cesspool of ideas and man-made religion. And it will lead you astray and it will leave you stranded. God is right. His word is right. And his word also, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, gives us, it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. It tells us how to Here it is again, live right, to live right. Now, so if we're living right, isn't that then self-righteousness? No. And let's look here in the scripture in 1 John 3, 7. It says, little children, say, "That's that's me. Let no one deceive you. Now watch this, zero in on this. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Look at it in the Amplified Bible. He who practices righteousness, who is upright, conforming to the divine will, the right will, the divine will, in purpose, thought, and action, living a consistently conscientious life is righteous, even as he is righteous. Now, let me me try to tell you what I think that says. We are not righteous because we do right things. We do right things because we are righteous. Follow it again. We're not righteous because we do right things. We do right things because we're righteous. Because of what Jesus has done for us, our position, let me put it to you this way. Imputed now, imputed righteousness is our position imparted righteousness which is a result of all of this is our practice this is how we live here it comes again that we live right i'll hold you late i will you don't that we will live right now philippians 1 paul calls it the fruits of righteousness for us to live right it's the fruits of righteousness. It's the fruits of this righteousness that we live right. It's not this. Not self-righteousness. But because of this, he enables us. He imparts to us the ability, if we'll cooperate with him, the ability to practice, to behave, to have conduct, moral rectitude, that is right. Paul calls it the fruits of righteousness. In the New Living It calls it the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. The Amplified says it's the fruits of righteousness, of right standing with God and right doing, right doing, which comes through Jesus Christ, the anointed one. So how do we put on this breastplate of righteousness? Well, first of all, putting on the breastplate of righteousness is something we do consciously. It's something we do consistently it grows out of an awareness that I am righteous in him and because of him I have access and right standing with him because of him and because of what he's done but further than that now I cooperate with him and as you cooperate with him and allow his word to guide you and his spirit to empower you you will live right and folks listen to me this is the hand-to-hand combat you're going to have, before you probably get off the property today, you're going to have some hand-to-hand combat. Now, hopefully not with each other. Okay? I love your purse. I want it. No, no, you don't. You don't. Uh, case in point, we're working on everything we do around here. Everything that we plan and work on and how we do things is our effort to do the very best that we can to serve you the best that we can. A lot of thought, a lot of work goes in it. Right now, they're changing a little bit of how they're doing some of the traffic in the parking lot. And I've, I've had a guy get me a week or so ago. I have parked in the same spot for five years. And I said, well, you get to see more of the world. <laughs> it's exciting. But you know, you're going to go. Uh, or maybe, you know, the line is long to get some coffee or... You know, whatever it would be. And then at lunch, maybe you get something you did not order. Waiter, there's a snake in my soup. You know, you're going to have hand. There's going to be temptation. There's going to be challenges. Somebody's going to upset you. There there are going to be things. And folks, listen to me. That's the hand-to-hand combat that you cannot afford to not have this breastplate on. And this breastplate is not just that Jesus loves you and did a wonderful work for you, transferred something into your account so you can have free access to him and be right standing. The breastplate actually is put on when you and I, in hand-to-hand combat, consistently do the right thing. So sometimes it's just to hush my mouth, sometimes it's to hold the door. It's things I do, it's things I don't do. I overcome, I overlook, I look away, I run to help. Whatever it would be, that's the hand-to-hand combat. And you're going to have temptation, you're going to have challenge, you're going to have crisis, you're going to have things coming all over because this is hot and heavy hand-to-hand combat on this planet. And you cannot afford to be without that breastplate of righteousness which you put on when because you are righteous, you do right. You do right. And you can see it in the word and God's spirit will remind you and empower you to do it, but you've got to cooperate. He said, that's it. I don't need this anymore. I'm going to take this on myself. No, no. Because in hand-to-hand combat, you know what? It only takes one attack to take you down and to take you out. But with the breastplate of righteousness, guess what? The same thing that would have taken you out glances off of you. Glances off of you and is ineffective and you still stand. Glory to God. Now, in the book of 1 Kings we read about a bunch of guys, but one guy in particular, King Ahab. King Ahab was selfish, impulsive. He was a coward. He was evil. In 1 Kings 16.30, it says, he did more evil than all who were before him. My recommendation to you, don't name your kids Ahab. (laughs) He did more evil than all who were before him. It was prophesied that King Ahab would die in battle. Word came to King Ahab of this prophecy. He's the king of Israel. Instead of standing in his position bravely, he disguised himself. Took off his royal kingly robes that he was to wear even in battle and disguised himself. The enemy... Instructed all their captains, Do not fight with the small and do not fight with the great. Fight only with the king of Israel. Go pursue him. Kill him. On their way to find King Ahab, who's in disguise, they come across King Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. It's the southern kingdom of Israel at the time. He, unlike Ahab, who is his, technically his ally... Is wearing his kingly robes. These captains of the enemy see him and confuse him with Ahab. They pursue him and he calls them off and he says, I'm not who you think I am. I'm King Jehoshaphat of Judah, the southern kingdom. And they stopped pursuing and they turned around to leave. And we'll have to go find another way to find King Ahab. I think in the adrenaline and the rush and the excitement of the moment, one of the enemy soldiers turned around without aiming and just randomly shot an arrow into the crowd of the king of Israel's army. Random and without aiming, that arrow prophetically went and pierced the chest of King Ahab, through an opening in his armor, he bled out and died in his own chariot. Poetic justice, perhaps, that the unrighteous king died because of a wound he sustained through an opening in his armor. Unrighteous left an opening that brought about his demise. You and I, whether you want to, like it, or whatever, you are engaged in hand-to-hand combat throughout your day. Sometimes your hand-to-hand combat is right in your hand. It's called a remote. Will you win? And all through the day, you're going to have all kinds of things with places, people, things, stuff, temptations, imaginations, fears, all kinds of things coming. And this is what you must do. You must deal with it hand to hand combat by doing the right thing as found in God's word, as reminded and prompted by the Holy Spirit, using the strength that the Holy Spirit would give you to overcome, to do the right thing, to do the right thing, to do the right thing. Thing. And as you're in hand-to-hand combat, you're able to block, you're able to do whatever you need to do and keep yourself covered so that the things that would normally take you out will glance off of your armor, be ineffective, and you end up still standing. Let me read you one final scripture here this morning in Proverbs 13:6. it says, "Righteousness guards him whose way is upright." Put on the breastplate of righteousness. And to do that, just remember, I'm in right standing with God based on nothing that I could ever do. Thank God he was so good to me to do that. And now because I am righteous, I'm going to do the right thing. The word will show me what that is. The spirit will help me to do what that is. I'll be fully armed. I'll be safe. I will stand. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this?